Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. What's happening? So glad to be here. It's this is good exciting. To be here, Pete. I feel like it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a show. Well, you know what? It's like we've done this a lot and we forget sometimes what we're supposed to say. <laughs> we so, just got to let it roll. Yeah. So if anybody knows, we already did an opening on this and Bob went into our greeting <laughs> and he forgot. Um, I what forgot is, my name. He forgot what he's supposed to say. It's uh, we're going to have to show that as a blooper. No, don't do it. That oh, was really funny. Hey, you know what? We don't have to edit much, but no. sometimes, man, the wheels just fall off. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it does. And there's sometimes we put our foot in our mouth. I've done that. No, that's and, never. Happens. And sometimes we just let our foot stay in our mouth and we don't edit it at all. But it just depends. But how are you doing? Week? It's Good November week? 10th. Yeah. So November 10th, 2022. After we Time released flies. this podcast. Yep. We had an election. A couple of days ago. Yep. We would give you all the results, but uh, we don't know them yet. Yep. <laughs> Maybe that's more prophetic than you know. The beauty, the beauty of uh, taping two days before we we release. So yeah, we don't know the results. Today is actually election day, uh, but uh, last week's show was awesome though. Um, yeah, it was a check it um, out. Yeah, it was on world events, and we got a lot of shares on that, and a lot of comments from you listeners on that show. And so we're we're thinking about even doing maybe one of those type of shows every quarter, um, and just kind of world events and what's going on. I mean, it's easy. I mean, there's just so many. It's fun. I like doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good good I like conversation. Paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, and it's like there's there's definitely biblical, you know stuff to it. I mean, there's, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think we're both in that kind of, we're part, our brains are not functioning right. Current events. Right? Yeah. It's pretty cool, but well, I'll give you a current event. I don't yeah. know if you heard about this, but what? BB Netanyahu is the new prime minister well, yes. of Israel. So last week we talked about him as the leader, as the former prime minister yeah. said, yeah. and this week, and you even mentioned on the show that, Hey, things could change so quickly that even time the show airs, <laughs> it'd be different. Well, so lo and behold, Bibi Netanyahu comes back Crazy. in as a prime minister. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of, crazy. I've heard him speak a few times. He's uh, he's yeah. sharp. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's really sharp. He's really um, high IQ yeah. and he's very, very good in, pronunciation he probably doesn't have too many brain fart days if that's what it is no he's sharp yeah yeah he's really sharp he's on he's a good leader so what um, did you do so you went up to georgia I took last... the girls to yeah. the georgia mountains that was yeah. fun gorgeous Beautiful. a lot of apples yeah we went to the apple orchard one of our favorite places we went there a couple of years ago yeah, i love we, it we went up there and spent a, a few days and yeah so we went back there blue ridge georgia there's a an orchard called i think mercier or something i don't mm -hmm. know if it's they speak it like french mm -hmm. it's spelled weird but um, we we just love it up there. It's just so pretty. The mountains and all the leaves were turning colors, gold and red and orange, and just it was just yeah. This time of the year is beautiful. just gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. I want to I want to plant now that I've been there in October. I want to plan a trip every year in October. It's a Brought great a idea. Car car full of apples back. Mm -hmm. uh, just go for a couple of days and come back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. And then you went awesome. up because you're a professional bowler. So you got yep. to complain a bowler. So my, my streak is over, Pete. I yeah. was, I was three for three in, uh, in the PBA 50 events yeah. cashing. And then this one, I kind of, it was fizzled the, out. It I was had, the beauty I, in the I apples. A, I, yeah. But yeah. I had my girls with me. I had a great time. Yeah. I mean, the bowling that, could have went better. Actually, I didn't feel like I did bowl well. I mean, I didn't bowl well. I, I felt like I did. Yeah. I just didn't score well. So oh. it was, I couldn't I have beat, no idea what that means. But I okay. couldn't beat that myself up. 
too badly. I yeah. mean, I, I missed one. I think I missed one spare, two spares. I missed two spares in eight games. But I just wasn't striking enough. So it's all we, good. We were on a cruise um, for the week. And so we kind of got, it's almost like a free cruise is kind of what it was. Yeah, and, that was cool. And you get the cruise company calls you up and says, hey, you want to go on this yeah, day? Was, and you're like, let me look at my schedule. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. <laughs> but I, Christine and I, we went and it was just more of the time of just really getting away with the Lord. I got to hammer through a book. Um, I brought it in here with you. It's called China and the End Time Prophecy by Eugene Bach. Um, it's 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 basically talking about um, how China has like over 200 million people that are saved and, and talking about how God has given them the vision to to really go out into the 1040 window, which is 10 degrees of latitude, 20 degrees of longitude. I mean, 1040 degrees of longitude. And to be able to, I probably got that messed up, latitude and longitude. Anyways, that's where like the Muslim countries, India, China, all the way back into the, you know, North Africa, um, and that they have missionaries in every one of those areas. And they're just, they're sharing God's truth. And that one of the things that I was talking about is how, you know, Americans that go into Muslim countries or even to Iran, it's not welcomed, but a Chinese person can get into Iran a lot easier. Really? Yeah. Because they're welcomed or a lot of these Muslim countries, because they look at the West as, oh, you know, they're evil and they're bad, but or they the, look to the great Satan. Huh? Yeah. But the China, they're getting it. So it's like God is using that aspect to that's really awesome. get his message, you know, out and that's to what the, the book's people. about. Yeah. That's what the book's that's about. Really so cool. it kind of shares that story. And, um, and it just tells, it's called um, back to Jerusalem is kind of the vision. And so they're saying that it's East of Jerusalem. And so it's, it's, they're going East to Jerusalem and that's their goal is to apostolize. And so I would say that, you know, one of the things that my heart's always been is to be able to share with those people in the 1040 window and um, it's just hard for us Americans. There's a reason why there's so many of us not in there. It's just not, but the Chinese are doing it. And they're in like, they're able to get into North Korea where we can't get into North Korea. They're able to get into North Korea. They're able <laughs> to get, get in, in these but we can't ever get out. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. <laughs> so it's just, it's just exciting, but that's what we kind of did. So I just hammered through that. And we just, um, we just had a really good high as far as being with the Lord and just, talking with him and it was great there is something special about being on the ocean i don't know it's amazing and just to sit out on outside and just stare into the you know and then this this particular ship we went on i've told about bob this before but we go out to the front of the ship and we just lay there and we just see billions of stars you know and so we are at one night we we're just watching falling star after falling star after falling star after falling star billions and billions yeah there's so many <laughs> it's like you just start counting and you lose count because there's so many but you don't see that when there's so much light pollution no nope. well, when you're out in the ocean you know it's pretty hard not to see it that's so beautiful yeah, it's that's awesome. awesome yeah that's, so that's awesome. what we did it was exciting it was How about fun. christine you doing anything special christine <laughs> does she have does she have something she's got a mic is she she started her Wait. Christmas decorating. I know that. We yeah. did. We put the tree up this weekend. It looks amazing. Why? Because we have family coming. Oh, yeah. Why do we have family coming? You're going to have an amazing month here. Yeah, we're going to have family here. No, we're not going to say what's up now, but we're, but Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Thanks. They're all coming for Thanksgiving. Yes. Nothing else? No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. I don't know. And maybe we just make me want to cry. We maybe have not. But many of you guys that don't know us, our, our daughter is going to be having a baby. And so Yay! A lot of grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Yay! We are actually wanting to get uh, Travis, my, my daughter's husband, to get on because we wanted to introduce everybody to him. But we'll get him on one day. Yeah. And everybody gets to see him down and get him in here. Yeah. yeah. We'll grill him and yeah, have some fun <laughs> with it. 
All right. Well, let's get going. Um, you want to open us a prayer? I would love to. Right. That would be awesome. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to just come together and talk about you. And uh, as we continue in the book of John, Lord, man, what a blessing this is that uh, you've given this, this gift to us. And uh, man, I look forward to what uh, we discussed today, what comes out of this, but more importantly, Lord, I just thank you for our listeners. And I just pray that uh, the word, your word, Lord, would just speak to them in a new and fresh way today, Lord. Uh, let us not uh, leave this podcast the same as we went in, uh, that your word would change us in miraculous ways. We love you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. The title today is, is, uh, is hell a real place to those that do not believe. And I think there's arguments out there where a lot of people don't believe in hell. I mean, that's, I've heard it many times. They're like, Oh God, if God's a good God, he's not going to send somebody to hell or whatever. Right. Well, in today's chapter, we're going to close out chapter 12, John chapter 12. Jesus is basically now turning his attention to the judgment that's going to come. So he says, here's the opportunity. Here's all this, but then there's going to be a judgment. Um, now we don't want to talk about a judgment. We don't want to, you know, go to that because it's not good talk. Right. I mean, that's not like, Hey, let's talk about being judged, you know, and, and what is that judgment, you know? And so, is but, that why pastors kind of like shy away from it? Cause it's not fun. It's, I mean, it's not, if you're going to be talking about hell, I mean, that's like, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't come around as good, but I think truthfully, yeah, but getting I, hit by a bus isn't fun either. I but think, if somebody's about to get hit by a bus, you'll tell them, right? I read somewhere Billy Graham said that the, the pastors need to talk more about hell now so that there's less hell, less people going to mm. hell later. And um, what a wise man. Yeah, that's who'd, like, who'd you say that was like Billy Graham. So I think that there's there's choice, there's there's probably truth in that. But we're gonna talk about hell and uh, we're gonna kind of get into that and but I think we'll give it good context and and we'll kind of share God's heart in all of it. So, All right. Yeah. Let's, let's get started. Yeah. All right. So let's recap a little bit. And yeah. Pete already kind of touched on this. So uh, this week we're finishing up John chapter 12. Like, yeah. Pete, like Pete said, yeah. we have been in this chapter now for three shows. Can you believe it? Yes, I can. It reminds yeah. me beginning of the year when you said we would get through John in, in 12 weeks. <laughs> I said it would take three years. <laughs> but 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 I don't think we I don't think any John shows we've done more than two. I think the most was yeah. two. We got through a chapter. All right. But this is three. So this so, is the first time. Boom. Yeah. All right. Episode 101, we unpacked John 12, 1 through 19. We called that show Worship, Triumph, and Tears. A good show. In verses 1 through 8, we saw Jesus visit with, uh, visiting with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The highlight of those verses was when Mary anointed Jesus with costly perfume as an act of worship. Yeah, you remember that? Yes. How, yeah. And we talked about how amazing the house probably smelled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That Expensive, but amazing. Yep. All right. And then in verse 12, we went to the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, where the people cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Yeah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. We cross-referenced a verse and learned in Luke that Jesus was weeping for his people during this yeah, time. Yeah, it's crazy. He loved them so much, and yet they were still going to reject him. And he knew this. Right? Yeah. In episode 102, we titled The Greatest Life Investment Ever. We read John uh, verses 20 through 36, also in, in chapter 12, in which Jesus was talking about his certain death to come. Mm. We uncovered nugget verses like verse 25. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Those were two great shows. Well, we think so anyway, oh, and yeah. are definitely worth a listen. If you haven't done so already, please go back and listen to those two shows Absolutely. again. Now, this week, we are going to finish up 
We're going to attempt to anyway. We're going to try to finish up John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. Uh, The key word in this section uh, of reading is believe. It is used eight different times in these verses. First, John explains the unbelief of people. Then in 37 and 38, he says, they would not believe with a quotation from Isaiah 53. And in verse 39, he said, they could not believe. And finally, in verses 41 and 42, he said they should not believe with a quotation again of Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. Yeah, so, so when we read, we're going to kind of read through those quotations. So the first one was Isaiah 53, 1, verse, and then verse 39, it was 40 and 41, and then six, Isaiah 6, verses 9 through 10. You got that? There'll be a quiz later. Yeah, all right. All right, so let's go ahead. So we're going to be in ESV. ESV. Let's read 12, chapter 12, verse 37 through 30, or 49. Um, You're going to leave 50 out? No, we're going to get to that, I think, <laughs> right? Again? Yeah, all right, let's go. All right. You got it? 37. Yeah, I got it. I did. And I just spun through it. Okay. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's Isaiah 53. Right. Yeah. Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said in verse 40, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Hmm. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, Hmm. so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man. More than the glory that comes from God. Let it never be. I mean, it's just, that's just such a remarkable, that's a nugget, right? So it's like, it's a very remarkable. And it's like one of those statements that if you don't just stop after you read it and just (laughs) meditate on really, what is that saying in your own life? I mean, it's, you, you, you will miss something that's very powerful yeah. instead. Right and, and we'll talk more about that here in a oh, couple yeah. minutes too. Oh, yeah. All right. Verse 44, let's continue on. And Jesus cried out. So these are the words of Jesus. Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. Mm. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Key verse. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me has has himself given me uh, a commandment and what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the father has told me. Yeah, we're going to get into that one statement that Jesus said more in more depth, but in 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 a nutshell, what Jesus was just saying there at the end is that I, I'm not judging you. I've come to save you. The only person that's judging you is yourself. You're the one that's condemning yourself. You're the one that's separating yourself from me. I'm the author and finisher of the life. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the creator of all things. So if I'm the one that set the standard, if you're not following the standard that I set, then it's not me that's rejecting you. It's you that's turning away from my standard. You that you, You've rejected me. Yeah. So that's basically what All right, let's jump into it. So in spite of all the clear evidence 
that was presented to the people, the Jews would not believe. Yeah. The arm of the Lord had been revealed to them in great power, yet they closed their eyes to the truth. They had heard the message, the report, and seen the miracles, and yet still would not believe. Why? Yeah, it just makes you ask that question. It's like, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they they hear the truth, they're, they're that, you know, they know for a fact they were in the presence of God, their lives were changed for that moment. And, but there's, but they leave there and they still don't believe. And, and here are these Pharisees and here's these Sadducees that, and all of these religious people that have seen countless works of God that have, you know, remember what Jesus said to his, to John the Baptist's disciples, well, tell John the Baptist what you've seen. That's how he know if I'm the Messiah, right? It says, go share with what you've seen. Well, a true follower of Christ, if they've seen the works of God in their own life, or they've seen his, you know, goodness manifested in something that they've done or do, then they would automatically should testify that, wait, he's real. You know, in Romans, it talks about how, um, you know, just creation itself should show that God is real. You know, when you look at the stars, when you look at the creation itself, it should point you back to there's a creator. Yeah. You know, you can't have something, you know, you can't have something out of nothing. If it's, if, if there's a design, there's a designer. And, and so, I mean, so so that's kind of where, you know, this is going with that. But when a person starts to resist the light, this is the reason why I think when a person resists the light, something begins to change within them. And they come to a place where they cannot believe any longer. The Bible talks about the callousness of a heart. And it's like, there is a point of no return there that you can believe a little bit. And maybe you were hurt by somebody in the church, or maybe something happened in your past that have caused you to be bitter towards the church. You know, the, listen, the church is made up of imperfect people. There's a lot of imperfect things that have happened and people have blamed that on God. And it's not God that's being imperfect. God's perfect. God loves you. God is good. Don't, don't put your faith on people, put your faith on what God has done. Right. And so this is, you know, that's what's happened. And so they started resisting the light. They started pulling away from what's true and they became blind and calloused of the truth. And God uh, permits this to happen. So it's like, God is not going to stop you from pulling away from him. God never leaves you nor forsakes you. God is constant. God is always engaged in your life, but if you're not engaging with him, He's not going to force that upon you. He did give us free will. He's going to allow you to continue to live in the light that you're living or in the darkness per se. So it's a serious thing to treat God's truth lightly for a person can miss the opportunity to be saved and they wouldn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And God is just sitting there at the door. Any other thoughts on that? And I have some other thoughts too. To that. You know, I was just thinking, you read this and you're like, man, how could they do it? But then I try to, I always try to put myself in that position. You're like, you know, would I have believed if I, you know, I'd been there and like, you know, I, I kind of feel for these people, but at the same time, we're like, um, why are they not believing? And part of it's like you said, they're either calloused or they've been hurt, or maybe it's a power thing. You know, this like, well, Jesus is coming and he's challenging our authority. Yeah. And it's more of like, well, I would rather be in charge of this world than to be part of something so much greater. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, where Isaiah, my mind goes. Well, Isaiah 55, six says, seek the Lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near. So it's, it's like, if you were hearing God's word today, if God is tugging at your heart, don't put it off. Yes. Yeah. That's such a good point. And it's like, if, 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 you know, God is telling you, go humble yourself to your husband or to your wife. If God is saying, Hey, I want you to pick up the phone call and call your friend. 
Um, if he's sharing with you, no, you need to be involved in church or go to that life group, or you need to really start reading the Bible more, start worshiping me, whatever it is that God's put on your heart. Don't, don't not hear it. Don't pull away, listen to it and be obedient because there could come a point where you get a calloused heart. You can, that's a slow fade. And all of a sudden you can look back and the light is less and there's a dimmer and eventually God is going to just continue to let you fade away, but he's never going to leave you. He's always there. But, uh, but you could get to a point of no return. I think that's so true. I think, you know, obviously God, God kind of like tugs on your heartstrings and, or, you know, you're walking down the street give me an example. So you, you know, and Lord is just telling you, like, you need to talk to that person and, and you don't do it and you're not obedient. And then the next time it just gets easier. It gets easier and easier to not be obedient, to just to just say no. So I think that's very, very true. There and that's, a, what, that's the callous, right? That's yeah. like, okay, it gets easier to, to not do what you should do. Yeah, and again, it's, it's there, you're living according to your world standard, your world economics, your world understanding. And it's, there's, when you, when you give your life to Jesus or when, you know, God is always saying, hey, listen, I want to make your life different than what you're living now. So everything about Jesus is I want to enhance it. So it's, Jesus doesn't want to make your life worse ever. It's always, I want to enhance it. I want to bless it. I want to take care of it. I want to take away your weight. I want to take away the pressures that you have in this world. I want to, I want to make it my, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light, he says. So that's what he wants to do. But in our minds, we can't comprehend that. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like so. So like in our opposite world, right? Yeah. So yeah. in our minds, we want to control everything. We don't want to allow him to take overship, owner. We don't. We don't accept in our hearts, or we're not content or. Is it because we don't trust? Yeah, it's part of that. It's 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 because we we compare the people. Like people hurt you. Yeah. The world is falling apart, including us Christians. We're we've all fallen short of the glory of God. So we can't compare it to those people. But we need to let. We need to let the God be God in your life and, and accept his word and his truth and don't deny it. Don't put it on. What does the say? Um, you know, let your light so shine. Don't put it under a bushel. Yeah. Right. You don't want to you don't want to cover it up. And so if Jesus is speaking to you, you need to let it go. You need to just say, all right, God, I'm going to be obedient because you don't want to quench the spirit. You don't want to become callous. Um, yeah, there's a. Scottish evangelist, his name is Henry Drummond. He was about in the 1800s. I've read some of his work, but this is a quote that he said. He said, Christ never failed to distinguish between doubt and unbelief. Doubt is can't believe. Unbelief is won't believe. Doubt is honesty. Unbelief is stubbornness. Doubt is looking for light. Unbelief is content with darkness. And so don't be content with darkness. Don't be content with darkness. That's really because good. that will take you away from God's light. Awesome. All right. All right. Number two, there were there were those who would not believe, and there were those who would not openly confess Christ, even though they had believed. They cared more about the praise of people than they did about the praise of God. And that's that's that verse we talked about earlier, where we kind of like, whoa, we got to stop there. You can't you can't just go by that. And what verse it was? Um, bu- 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 43. They love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Again, it's one of those statements. Why? I mean, you can't, if you read that, you have to ask that question. Why would they not, if they believe in their hearts that God is true, why would they not openly confess it? You know, and and, and again, we can go through that a litany of things that of why, but I mean, I think the bottom line is it will cost you something if you confess openly that you believe in God. 
many people are not ready to be associated with God because of the criticism or the excommunication of friends and or their lifestyle. And, you know, there's, there's some people that have created a lifestyle, like perfect example. I was just talking about this morning. There's this um, lady, she's an influencer and um, she promotes gaming. And we were looking at her as far as possibly doing our game influencers, but she, she wears some risque kind of stuff. And, you know, she goes on and plays games and, and, and so forth. And I ended up just praying for her. Um, I forget her name, um, Vicki Lee or something like that. And I started, ended up praying for her. And I said, God, I just pray that you would just, if she knows you, I pray that she would just come closer to you. But if she doesn't know you, that you would just bring light into her life. And immediately what I thought is her whole livelihood, though, is, is set up where she's a certain look or a certain standard. Mm. And that would cost her a lot if she were to confess that Jesus is Lord, because God is not is going to ask her to change. He's going to ask her to not do that anymore. And, and I think that's the reason what these Pharisees were thinking. I think this is a reason why a lot of people is because if I start associating myself with Jesus, well, everything that I used to do or what I did before, I cannot no longer do, you know, and he's going to ask you to change. He's going to ask you to walk in fellowship with him. He's going to ask you to do things that are filled with light. You know, Warren Wearsby said, the way we respond to criticism pretty much depends on the way we respond to praise. If praise humbles us, then criticism will build us up. But if praise inflates us, then criticism will crush us. And both responses lead to our defeat. Wow. So if, 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 I'm, if I accept praise and I'm in, I humble myself when that praise and I give God glory, then I'm going to be okay with the criticism. But if I can't accept the praise in it and people do it and I get haughty and I get all that, well, criticism is going to be the same way. I'm going to crumble under the criticism. Huh. So it kind of checks our heart. And I think that think what's happening with these Pharisees and with people is they have a lot of pride. And like you said, he's like, well, I want, I have a self-image. I have this look, I have this way of life. And I, I choose to, to live this lifestyle and I choose to be a secret Christian you know, you ask people, well, I believe in God, but are you confessing him? I believe in God, but are you out there, you know, sharing the goodness of God with other people? Are you loving people in the name of Jesus? Hmm. Well, I'm just loving people. Well, are you loving them in the name of Jesus? Are you, are you going out of your way to do things so that Jesus's name is glorified? I heard it put this way uh, over the weekend. Are you a fan of Jesus or are you a follower of Jesus? Yeah, there's a book out. If you, there's a book out it's called a fan or a follower. Really? A fan. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, uh, it's like I have one of the, in the book, they use an illustration. It's like, you know, I put up um, a poster in my, my, my room of Michael Jordan. Now I look at that, that poster, this is in the book. He goes, I look at that poster every day and it's Michael Jordan. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Michael Jordan, but I don't know Michael Jordan. Right. I'm not a follower of Michael Jordan, but if I was in Michael Jordan's inner connection and if I was, you know, you know, friends with him and talking with him and, and knew him very well, now I'm a follower. And, and I know Michael Jordan very well. And it's the same thing with Jesus. Do you have a poster on your wall of Jesus? Do you have a picture on him? I mean, you know him. I mean, he's, you're a fan of him. But do you know Jesus intimately? Because Jesus is going to tell you everything. And so that's, that's a really good point. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Statement three. In verses 44 through 50, we have Jesus's last ever message before he hid himself from the people. A number of basic themes in John's gospel are God sent the son. To see, to see the Son means to see the Father. Jesus is the light of the world. His words are the very words of God. Faith in him brings salvation. To reject him is to face eternal judgment. 
Um, man, those are some big, big well, this, statements there, yeah, right? These are, this is like the crux of the first 12 verses, 12 chapters. Like there's the outline right this there. This is it, yeah. <laughs> In fact, the very word that he spoke will judge those who have rejected it. And, and him. him, yeah. So, I mean, it is an awesome thought that the unbeliever will face at the judgment every bit of scripture he or she has ever read or heard. The very word people reject becomes their judge. Hmm. Why? Because the written word points to the living word. Jesus. John 1, 1. That's it. And, and it's like, you know, and again, <laughs> here we are talking about the judgment. So, you know, I, I, we opened up with this. Um, God, God is a good God. Okay. So he created us to have fellowship with him. He created us to be in the world, but not of the world. He created us to be a light in darkness. You know, he created us to love people. He created us to, to, to have fellowship with him. He created us to, to um, go and bless others, you know, and, and to be a, a difference maker in people's lives. And, and, and the people that reject that and they choose to do things on their own are people that are casting judgment on themselves, not because God is judging them. Remember, there's no condemnation in Christ. So the condemnation that you are experiencing is your own choice to fall away from or not fall, um, be in with, with God. Um, Matthew 10, 28, talking about eternal punishment, you know, and people say, well, is there hell? Well, let, let me read this verse that Jesus said. He says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him, that's talking about God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So this is Jesus talking about hell. So if there's judgment, he's telling people right here, hey, there's judgment, eternal judgment's coming. I've given you all of this information. I've shared all of this truth with you. I revealed myself. He said at the beginning, he says, if you've known me, you would have known the father. If you've known the father, then you would know me. How many times have he said that through the first oh, a report? Lot. A lot. And he's saying it again here. And so basically he's telling them, he says, but if you do not know me or accept me as sent by the father, you will have eternal judgment. And he's not, he's not, you know, he's not saying all religions are the same. He's not saying there's many different ways to get to heaven. He's not saying any of that. He's, he's telling the people straight up, I am the author and finisher of your life. I am the beginning of the end. I am God. And I'm going to die for you. I'm going to pay the price, the ultimate sacrifice for your sin, so that you have a way to have fellowship with the father again. And that you can now have eternal life for all eternity. But if you choose against that, then you're putting, you're casting judgment on yourself. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with your choice. So, um, you know, I was just thinking that John Rice, he, he said that those who go to heaven right on a pass and enter into blessings that they never earned, but all who go to hell pay their own way. So it's, it's it, again, if you're going to hell, it's not because God is putting you there. People always say, well, no, a good God would never put somebody to hell. No, he's, he would never do that. You're right. A good God does not want that. But your choices will put you to hell is, is basically it is. I have another one. Adrian Rogers says this. He said, I believe that a great number of people are going to die and go to hell because they're counting on their religiosity in the church instead of their relationship with Jesus to get them to heaven. They give lip service to repentance and faith, but they never been born again. Mm. That's so true. There's a fans. 
those are fans. I mean, it's, it's how many people we know go to church, but they don't have that intimate relationship. They don't know Jesus. How many, I mean, you know, we go to parties, we go to our friends, we go to these things and we wonder, says, wait, why are they doing the things of the world? Why are they acting just like the world does? Aren't they different? Aren't, shouldn't there be? I mean, why, why would someone vote that way? Or why someone think that way? Why do they do these things? And you always wonder, says, are they even a child of God? Hmm. Are they seeing things from God's perspective? Are they, they just doing lip service? Or yeah. do they actually have a relationship with the Lord? And sometimes, I think sometimes fame and money and, and peer pressure from spouses or friends or, you know, whatever cause us to do things that God is not wanting us to do. Um, Billy Sunday said, hell is the highest reward that the devil can offer you for being a servant of his. Oof. I mean, think about it. I mean, that's a statement, right? Um, so, I mean, those are just things we're talking about judgment. God's talking about judgments. And so is hell real? Yes. Is there judgment in hell? Yes. But it's not because God's putting you there. I just, we want to make this very clear. He didn't create hell for people. No, no. it's, you got to understand God's a holy God. God created us to have fellowship with a holy God, but he gave us because he loves us so much. He gave us the choice to either serve him wholly or to reject him. We rejected him, and that is called sin. And because of that sin, it now separates. God cannot have fellowship with sin. And so he provided ways. He constantly kept trying to fellowship with man. He gave him opportunities to sacrifice. He gave him opportunities to serve, all this. Man continued to reject him. Then he said, okay, I'm going to now have a human. I'm going to send my son to live as a human, to live the life that you're supposed to live, to live wholly to live righteously, to live set apart in the world, not of the world. I'm going to have him set the way to teach you, to show you how you could do it. But more importantly, I'm going to have him sacrifice his life, spill the blood, and then rise again so that now you are have access. As he becomes the propitiation, he becomes the go-between now so that you can now have access into the throne room of God, to have fellowship with him. So that's I that no longer live, but Christ was lives within me. And that is what is happening. So he says, I've done everything to provide a way for you to stay out of hell. I've done everything. I've given everything so that you can have access into have eternal life. But if you refuse that, that's your hardened heart. If you refuse the light, then you're casting judgment on yourself. And it's not God judging you. It's yourself. So I don't know. Pete, that was so good. Ladies and gentlemen, the last three minutes, if you want to know what the gospel is in a nutshell, there it is. Yeah. You just, you just heard it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Well, this kind of along the same line, statement four says many people reject truth simply, be, simply because of the fear of people, as we discussed earlier, among those who will be in hell are the fearful. Uh, Revelations 21, eight says, um, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexual and moral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Yeah, again, the Bible is very clear. You reject God. The only option you have is eternal judgment in hell, in, in eternal fire. Uh, it's hard to accept that. But it, and, it, and, you know, and again, you can't, it's not about what God's doing. It's about what you're doing. And we have to accept responsibility. And, and I think that's the hardest part for people is to accept that they're a sinner. You have to accept that you have fallen short of God's glory. You have, ex, you have to accept that you have chosen to live your life contrary to the truth of the gospel. 
and, and, and if you can accept that, there's hope for you. If you can accept in your heart that my ways in my life, well, let's just put it this way, accept it to the point where you're not lukewarm. So, you know, we were just talking about the church in Revelations 3, it says you're either hot or you're cold, right? If, if you're lukewarm, he says he wants to vomit you out of your mouth. Well, I think that there's majority of the Christians today believe in God and they're fans of God, but they're not followers of God. And so I believe they're the lukewarms. Hmm. And, and, I, and I'm, we're challenging you today is if you are lukewarm, there's a possibility that you're casting judgment on you. Are, will you be the one when Jesus looks you in your eyes and he says, you know, what did you do with, with my son? He says, well, I went to church every week. I, I served him. I loved him. I served in the food kitchen. I did this. I did this and this. And he's going to look at you in the eyes and say, depart from me. I never knew you. And this is the followers of Christ. These are the people in the church. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And he goes, well, I did all these things. And he says, I never knew you. And so you are, are you a fan or are you an actual follower? And a follower is one that is obedient. A follower is one that is actually gets it and confesses before the people and talks about Jesus. So it's better to fear God and go to heaven than to fear people and go to hell. That's just the bottom line. Oof. So talk about courage. So let's, let's go into that. So you have to have courage to talk about God, right? You got to have like a backbone, right? What is it? Billy Graham said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. That's really good. And, and it's a great picture. It is. And it's like, you know, you, it's, it is it hard sometimes? So the world has its own system. The world does not understand God's system. And so if you're doing things that are contrary to the world's system, there's going to be payback. There's going to be retribution. There's going to be pushback as the right word. And in God's ways are totally different than the world's ways. And so to act and so to swim upstream, so to speak, it takes courage. It takes courage to bow your head in public and pray. It takes courage to openly talk about Jesus to your friends in public. It takes courage to actually, as God puts it on your heart, to pray for somebody, to go out of your way to pray for them. Mm -hmm. It takes courage to, to, to speak life into their life in the name of Jesus. It takes courage to, to deny yourself when, when, when you're put on the stage to, to, be the, to be the person of the moment and to be humble and to give God credit instead of taking ownership of it. It takes courage to do all those things. You know, um, I was just thinking about the boy. You remember the boy that uh, gave the fish of loaves to Jesus before he fed the things? Well, here's this little boy, and uh, there's all these disciples and all these people around, and he's just sitting there, and he's probably just listening. And I thought about it. What courage did that take for this little boy to have this little bit of fish, But he and he brought it in? And so the boy could have heard what the disciples were saying. He could have They could have complained, and he could have sheltered in or whatever. But because he had a childlike faith, and the Bible tells us to have a childlike faith, he saw Jesus. And this boy had great courage in that moment. And because he saw Jesus, he went to Jesus and he offered him what he had. Yeah, I may not have much, but you can have all that I have. That's it. And it's the same thing what Jesus is calling to us. Amen. Just come as a child, see him, keep him, and then be bold and courageous for him. And so let good. God take care of everything else. All right. Giving other people backbone. What a great quote by Billy Graham. And oh, yeah. It reminds me, 
when I first met Barry and the first time I went out to lunch with Barry, he's so good at this. Uh, he's bold. He always encourages uh, the server and, you know, asks them how he can pray for him. And, and when the opportunity arises, shares the gospel, but that has given me courage to mm. do that. So you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Or Billy Graham's right about yeah. that. It does give, it, it strengthens other people to see you do that. And I think the same is true as our families. Oh, yeah. We're in a restaurant and we're praying. I think it gives courage to other families that are around there. Like, you know what? We should be doing that too. Yeah. Because you know, there's other, there's other believers there yeah. that just didn't have the courage to do it. Yeah. So we should, we should do that. There was a quote by Hosea Balu. I'm probably messing up that name, but she, but he said, um, honest and courageous people have very little to say about either their courage and the, or their honesty. That's so true. It's so true. If people are bragging about how courageous. It, you know, it's not true. Uh, it's not. It, it's just, if you're broken and contract uh, before the Lord and you're coming as a thing, you just don't know these things. You're just, that's just who you are. The, the bar and the standard in your life is just set at a certain level. And that is to glorify God. And everybody around you sees it. You know, it's, it's like, I was just thinking, uh, we were talking about politics with Trump and he was saying something about DeSantis. He called him DeSantimonious or something like that. And it's like, it was like, it was. He has to give everybody a name, Pete. It was, but it was, but it was a knockdown. It was there's that, this Mac Daddy. Yeah, but I mean, it's like you know, you want to be, you want to be at a certain level that people notice, and it's not that you notice. It's just you're just living for Jesus, mm. and it just comes across. So, all right, all right, a couple more. The word "judge" is repeated four times in the closing words of this message, mm. and um, and a solemn word it is. Jesus did not come to judge; he came to save. John three seventeen, right? Yeah. And, and again, you know, we've been hammering on this the whole show, but it's a big deal. I mean, it's it's not Jesus putting you into hell. It's your choices. You know, if a sinner will not trust the Savior, then the Savior must become the judge. The sinner is actually passing judgment on themselves, not on the Lord. Yeah, it's your choice, not Jesus' choice. He's already done the work. Yeah, it's a big deal. J. Vernon McGee said, don't say that a loving God is going to send you to hell. He's not. The thing that's going to send you to hell is that you're a sinner and you don't want to admit it. <laughs> that's the bottom line. Mic drop. That's the bottom line. Charles Spurgeon says your damnation is your own election, not God's. Oof. So I mean, it's it's we can't say it enough. I mean, we didn't, you know this this chapter led us to this topic, and so we're sharing it. But yeah, blame John. It's it's the truth. <laughs> What's the truth? All right, final one. As we have studied these first 12 chapters of the Gospel of John, we have seen Jesus in his life, in his ministry, in his miracles, and in his message, and his desire to save lost sinners. That's me. Yeah, and and again, I you know, everything that Jesus did was he 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 says, I'm coming to give you life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm providing a way so that you don't have to live in hell for. I am the way. That's it. He he's that's why he came, you know. In this in this we have given you a, the evidence. So the first twelve chapters we've hit this hard. We we've presented the evidence to our our audience and to our listeners. And our hope is that <clears throat> it's convicted you to do something about the truth that that has been given to you. And and I, we we've encouraged you. You know we've encouraged you to get in the Word and know God intimately. And uh, we just pray that this has resonated in your heart. But John 12, 36 is why you have, you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. And so that is ultimately what Jesus is wanting. He wants you to be light to this world. Acts 13, 47 says, for so the Lord has commanded us saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. 
There is so many people. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There are so many people that God is doing a work in right now. There's so many people out there that God is working in their lives and all they need is somebody to give them hope. That's what they're at. They're looking for this. They're, they're, they're pleading for this. They're on the YouTube right now looking at videos to try to find hope in their life. They're, they're searching books. They're watching videos and shows and everything else. They're searching for meaning. They're searching for purpose. They're searching for something. And they believe, yeah. in, they believe that God might be real and they might be all this, but they're just looking for somebody to help grab them by their hand help walk them through the journey that they're on right now and help guide them to the light. And that's what they're doing. And, and it's, if you have a friend that's searching, you're the light. If you have somebody that you've come across and you've built a relationship with, they're searching. God is working in their heart. All you got to do is just be there for them and help point them to the light. Dwight Al Moody says, we are told to let our light shine. And if it does, we won't need to tell anybody it does. Lighthouses don't fire cannons to call attention to their shining. <laughs> so good. They just shine. So any other thoughts on that? No, that's, that's awesome. That, what a great quote that is. Well, well, yeah, go ahead. This, I mean, it, you know, we, we close every show with the opportunity to give the, someone to, to repent of their sins. And we also give the opportunity for someone to, you know, confess that Jesus is Lord of their life to, to become born again, to become saved. And so we talked about two people on here. So the first person is we talked about on this show is, is one that's in church that, that might not have that. They might be fans, but not followers. And if that's you and God has tugged on your heart, as we talked at the very beginning, don't, don't shun the light that he's sharing with you. Don't become calloused heart. Let, if he's telling you to do something, um, it's, I'm pretty sure it's going to start with repentance. And he's going to ask you to turn from whatever is happening in your life, whatever habit that's not good, he's going to ask you to change it. Whatever, whatever something that's taken place in your life that's not allowing you to have intimacy with you, he's going to ask you to adjust your life. And if he's tugging at your heart right now, don't put this off. Just repent in your heart. Just get to your knees and say, God, I don't know how to do this but I want to do this. And I don't know how to repent in per se, or I don't know what I need to change exactly, but I just know there's something inside of me that's telling me that I need to draw closer to you. And, and I'm telling you, just repent and, and do that. And I know that God's going to tell you to worship him, turn on some worship music. I know that he's going to tell you to pray and start, just start putting a list of things down to pray and give him glory and thank him. I know that he's going to tell you to get in his word. I know that he's going to tell you to, to take the word of God, get a, get a commentary or just start reading it and meditating on that word. I know he's going to share that with you. And he's going to tell you to do that every day. He's going to tell you to do all of this every day. He's going to tell you to be in fellowship with other believers. He's going to, he's going to say that it's very important for you to have koinonia. And that koinonia, that word fellowship in the Bible and that Greek, it's, it's talking about a deep intimacy that you have with friends. You know, you can't have koinonia outside of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are then able to connect with people in such a deep, intimate way. And that's what koinonia is. It's not like you have fellowship with other people. If you have fellowship with God and you have fellowship with others, you have that koinonia and it's, it's different. It's, it's deeper than a brother. It's closer than, you know, your, your friendship is so close and you need that in your life. And so, 
um, we just pray that you would do that. So do that today. And if you're listening to this and you have never truly given your life to the Lord, maybe you thought you did when you were a kid or some other time in your life, but you really have never been living for him. And today you want to do that. Well, God tells you to just humble your heart. And he says, he just says, ask for forgiveness of the sins. And so you would just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I ask that you would come into my life right now, Lord. I repent of those sins. I choose today to follow you. I choose today to humble my heart and to acknowledge you as my God and my King. I choose today to believe that your son died and rose again on the cross to give me life, to give me eternal life. I know, God, that choosing you keeps me out of hell. It keeps me away from eternal damnation, and it gives me hope for eternal life. And so, God, today I choose you. I choose to confess that you are my Lord. I choose to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I choose to share your truth with every single person that is crying out for help. And so I choose that today in Jesus' name. And if you did do that, then the Bible says that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. They're having a party. If, that, if you truly did that, Jesus is looking at your heart right now, and that your heart is repented, and you did that, all the angels are rejoicing. Bob? Amen. Well, if you did that, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that a few different ways. You can jump onto our website, riotpodcast.co.co. Um, check out the tabs. There's a No God tab there where we lots of information, but we would really like to hear from you. And another good place to do that is on our social media sites. You can go to uh, you can go to Facebook. It's the Riot Podcast. You can go there. You can go to Elon, Elon Musk's new place. Uh, t- what's that called? Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can reach out to us there. Again, the Riot Podcast. And then finally, if you are listening to this podcast, um, I'd like to point you to YouTube. So we have a YouTube channel and uh, all of the episodes are up there on YouTube and you can get to see Pete's amazing hair and uh, just see all the fun that we have, uh, you know, and not just have audio, but have video as well. But uh, I would ask that you do a few things for us wherever you're uh, watching or, or commenting, uh, like the channel, subscribe to the channel and share it with somebody, you know, so there's somebody in your life that needs to hear this podcast today, share that with them. Just say, Hey, you know, check this out. I just heard these crazy guys. I think you might, you might enjoy it. That's all you got to do. It's easy as that just and share it. So we, man, it's the month of Thanksgiving, Pete. And uh, I am just so thankful for our listeners. And uh, as Thanksgiving approaches us, I would encourage you to, uh, to ask somebody to join you at your dinner table. So who, you know, who, who, who's lonely, who, who doesn't yeah, have anybody, who, what kind of coworker that's just, Amen. you know, and, and, and you'll be like, oh, I don't really want mm. it. It's not going to be fun. You know, well, relationships are tough. Yeah. And sometimes we just, we got to go out of mm. our way, get uncomfortable, mm. but love on people. Mm. And there's no better place to love on people than your dining room table. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I have, Pete. Yeah, let's do a show on relationships. I love that. We should do that. That's been on my heart lately too. Let's do that. So we'll do that in the next couple of weeks. But but listen, if any, there was a, they're talking about my hair. There was someone that commented on one of our YouTube shows and he says, I have hair envy. That was his statement. (laughs) I think it was one of those we talked about my hair. I don't know where he was. I think like Wyoming or somewhere, but yeah, I have hair envy. I'm so funny. That's awesome. He has great hair, no doubt. That's hilarious. Anyway, guys, have an amazing week of worship. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may God's goodness overwhelm you this week as you walk in fellowship with him. God bless you guys. 
This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.